0: Hey everyone, it's Lindsay Ellison, relationship coach and your host of Unbreakable You. Listen, I get it. Breakups and divorces suck, but they don't have to break you. You may be hurting, feeling confused, or wondering what the hell just happened to your life. But join me as I share interviews with men and women who have battled the impossible and have come out living an even better life. I also interview experts and authors as well as provide you with coaching tidbits along the way. And know this your life is about to get really amazing why because your breakup is a gift it will show you your truth and what's been missing in your life so now you can live your best life don't believe me yet keep listening and I'll show you that you are unbreakable well hey everyone welcome to another episode of unbreakable you I'm so glad to have you here with me today I'm going to do things a little bit differently for this episode. And I'm going to give you some of the behind the scenes of how I started my business. And what are the kind of the bits and pieces that I currently use to sustain a business and how I got started and all that good stuff. You know, I love having access to behind the scenes information, it always helps me make an informed decision. And especially if there's something that I really want to do, I love talking to other people. I'm like, how did you do it? And as of late, I've been getting quite a few emails from people asking me, how did I get started? Because they've been thinking about doing what I do. Now, doing what I do isn't easy. I think people think it's a lot easier, you know, just to have a website and start talking or start writing or writing a book. It's not easy. But I think by giving access to the behind the scenes of what I do, it will help you make an informed decision as to whether this is really the career path that you want to do. The good news is, is what I do, I started off part time, and it just started to evolve. So I'm going to kind of take you back to about, let's say, eight years ago, when I was in a career that I absolutely hated. And in fact, I don't think I really ever liked my career. <laughs> I got a degree in journalism. And once I left college, I really never pursued journalism for a lot of different reasons. And a lot of it had to do with my marriage. Um, when I was you know, first with my ex-husband and we were boyfriend and girlfriend, there weren't a lot of opportunities where I lived. So I just had other degrees in marketing and PR, and I ended up just kind of going down that route. And what I actually loved about journalism when I studied it was truth-telling, truth-seeking, and the research. And as I got into advertising, I started to realize, oh, my God, you know, this is kind of bullshit. (laughs) I felt like I was lying for a living, even though, you know, we were – persuading a consumer to buy X product, it just didn't feel very authentic with my voice. And so as I got older, and, you know, doing this career, it just no longer aligned with me. And I think when we all go through some kind of traumatic event, or an important event, we feel this innate desire to share it with the world on, you know, how do we do it? I love behind the scenes, because if I'm going to give you the behind the scenes of my life and how I divorced and all the bits and pieces, suddenly what? That's authentic information. And and then you make a connection with someone. And I think now, more than ever, we've got this lack of connection with each other. And I think we're all really pining and desiring to connect with others. So if you're thinking of coaching or writing or writing a book, this episode is going to be for you. And I'm going to share with you all the little the little details of how I got started. Going back to let's just say eight years, I was in this bad career, and I wasn't very into my job. So once I started to think about what I wanted to say, I felt this real desire to connect and say to people, this is what my divorce was all about. Well, it really wasn't until I started researching narcissism and narcissism and codependency, I started to really put two and two together from a clinical side and really just from a journey and a spiritual side. And I was able to create my own point of view on narcissism and codependency. And As you probably all know, there are a lot of books on this subject, but it didn't stop me from putting my take on it and my spin on it. So how did I get started? Well, first thing I needed to do was have a website. So if you're really thinking about getting into this business, whether it's coaching or just writing, the advice that I got from day one is I needed a platform. And what does that mean? A platform is a place where people can go with a lot of different channels to get content from you. And typically, a platform is a place where someone can get free content. And especially in this divorce and breakup category, you know, think about your audience. The audience is really insecure. They're going through a lot of financial issues and a lot of heartache. So it's incredibly important if you're going to set up this platform and whatever content that you're going to deliver is building trust with your reader. And how do you do that? You are authentic and you have your authentic point of view. And over time, as you keep writing, you're going to hopefully have followers and a subscription base of readership. So that was really kind of where I, I knew I needed to get started. And I wasn't able to monetize it yet. I just wanted to have content. So what I started to do is I built a website. I had a logo and I had a brand. And I worked with a coach for, I hired a coach to help me with this. And I worked with her just for one day. I had an eight hour, all intensive discussion and literally I walked away with a company name, a logo, a brand name, what is my mission, etc. And so if you're going to start this brand, definitely work with someone to do this with you. There's, you know, whether it's a coach or a marketing expert, because even though I was a marketing expert, it's just, you just need someone, another point of view to help you and give you kind of some objective criticism and feedback based on your idea. So once I had the website... And it was not even live yet. I then wrote probably about 10 different blogs. I remember sitting in my laptop and at the end of my workday, because I didn't quit my job yet, at the end of my workday, I just made it a goal to write one or two blogs a night over the course of a week. And those blogs were about 500 to 700 words. Now, I think what is really important To suggest to you all is when you write a blog, a blog is not a journal. And it's almost like kind of a blog slash article. Let's just say that, okay? And when you write a blog, this isn't a journal where you're kind of just mentally unloading. There's a kind of a format that needs to be applied to all of your writing. And that, for me, is typically I start off with an anecdote and I bring people into a specific a really specific topic, okay? So it might be listening to your gut. That could be a topic. So I might share a story where I didn't listen to my gut and here's what happened. Always then halfway through your your blog, you want to now turn it back to the audience and say, here's how it applies to you. So what is the lesson? So every blog that you write or every piece of writing that you have should always have a takeaway for your audience where they can go, okay, I can do this. It could be inspirational, it could be applicable, it could be a clinical piece of advice, whatever it is. But at the end of the day, the article or blog should always have Takeaway. And once you do that and you start to kind of get into the rhythm, you can really push out a lot of articles very quickly. Once you have your website, my website is done on WordPress, so you'll definitely need to get a designer who understands WordPress. But think of this as kind of the back end of your website. Once you have that set up, then you don't need your designer every single time to upload a new blog and it takes about 30 seconds (laughs) to to upload a blog onto the back end of your website then then it just sat there okay i had no followers nothing so how do you get eyeballs on your website well of course for anyone who is you know knows about websites there's this thing called search engine optimization and it's basically how Google will find you. So there's all these different keywords that you might use, and you're going to use those in your blogs. And again, if you don't know how to do it, just get someone to help you do that. It's really simple. A lot of people out there who do that. Once I had all of that, I have my blog, my, my you know, everything's uploaded. Now what? Well, the next thing you need is what we call an opt-in area to your site. An opt-in is to get people to opt-in to receive your newsletters. And this is what starts a subscription base. And this is the beginning of your platform. And in kind of the virtual online business world, we call it list building. And your list is your bread and butter over time. And as you grow your list, more and more people are going to reach out to you to ask for help. Now, let's just say for a second that you have no desire to go into coaching at all. And all you want to do is just write a book and be more of a media content person, whether it's a podcast or your blog. It all starts with your list. Now, if you ever wanted to get into publishing and you actually want a traditional publisher like Random House or Penguin Books to publish your book, they will ask you, what is your list? So your list is very, very important. If you choose to self-publish and you don't want to have anything to do with, you know, you can just publish on, on Amazon, your list is still really important because now you can drive traffic to your Amazon page because of your list. So how do you start? What kind of tools do you use in order to access and, and, and create that list? We call that a CRM, a customer relationship management tool. So to get started, you can use what's called MailChimp, and MailChimp is free, and that's how I started. Now, I don't use MailChimp anymore, and I'll tell you what I, I use in a second, but MailChimp is a free thing, and it connects to WordPress, and again, someone who has any type of web services or web, website experiences, they should know how to do this, and I could always refer to you to my people that I use should you be interested. Once you have your MailChimp, you've got your WordPress, you have your website, and you have this place to opt in. So at the end of every blog, you might have a call to action that might say, if you like this blog, click here to sign up to receive my daily newsletter, my weekly newsletter, whatever. Now, I used to write once a week. And I remember it, you, I, you have to set this day, and it was a Wednesday. So Wednesdays were the day that I wrote. Now, I don't do that so much. I've got too many other things going on, but I definitely still write at least once a month. Now, how are you getting eyeballs to your website? Well, you can use your social media. So if you are an Instagram person or you're a Facebook person or maybe even Pinterest, start at one channel. Now, for me, I started on my own personal Facebook page. I think I had about, you know, four or five hundred friends and I just said, hey, this is my blog. Come check it out. Surprisingly, quite a few people opted into my website. I remember getting my very first follower and or my my first subscriber and it just blew me away. I was so excited. Then you will also want to develop a professional social media page. So a business Facebook page or an Instagram Facebook uh, Instagram page. Now, I got to tell you, over the last several years, Facebook has become an enormous pain in the ass because it is a pay-to-play environment, and if you will see, I've got about, I don't know, 2,900 followers on my Facebook page, and whenever I post anything, it only serves it to maybe 30 people. So I've really pulled away from Facebook, and I now really am all Instagram, and I get far bigger engagement now. These social media channels are constantly changing their algorithms, so you just have to play with it. With Instagram, which is really fun, as you know, you can put up memes, you have photos, and you, there's, it's just a really good place to engage with people and bring them back to your website. That's the first goal. And I'm really skirting over a lot of the intricacies of social media and all the different things you can do, but maybe that's another talk. Okay, so once I had that... I then decided to take up my PR skills and start pitching media outlets. And where I first started was Huffington Post. Now, unfortunately, Huffington Post is not taking on contributors the way they used to, but once at the, back then, once you got in as a contributor, then they gave you a back-end access where you can upload any article that you wanted that is a really good place to have started for me. Now, I'm going to talk to you about something else that is still a really great platform. That you, This is also where I got started, and it's a website called Your Tango. If you want to write, start there. Your Tango is a very, very well-read platform. It's kind of like Huffington Post for love and relationships. Now, it is a pay-to-play environment. You have to become a member. I do not know what their costs are, but I think it was like, I don't know, maybe $500 for the year, something like that. They might have raised their rates, but Your Tango is a really, really good place to start and it's really fun and very rewarding to see your work being published. Your Tango also has a lot of connections with other platforms such as Huffington Post and Elephant Journal and MindBodyGreen where those other platforms will pick up the article that you've written. Now, do you get paid for any of these? No. (laughs) Uh, Everyone used to say, oh, you're a contributor for Huffington Post. You get paid? No. This is all free content, and these are what we call lead generation opportunities for you. But if you start at Your Tango, that's a really good place to start. Now, once you have any article that, let's say, you have written for Your Tango, you always, always, always in your bio want to lead the reader back to your website and then your website is supposed to pull in people to opt in. Now, a lot of people offer something free, a free download, a free uh, a quiz. I have a quiz on my website, a free coaching session. If you're wanting to get into coach- coaching, you could do that 30 minute free call and sign up now. So you want to make your site what is called sticky and to keep people there and to have engagement on your site. The more people that click on your site, what happens is that your website starts to become organically optimized. And when your site is organically optimized, when people are starting to keyword search, let's say for me, how to divorce a narcissist because so many people are clicking on your website, and because I might have the word narcissist on my website a thousand different times, Google will then say, you need to go to this website. And through Huffington Post and all the different articles that I wrote, my site really became optimized quite quickly. And I'd say after within the first year I used to check my rankings. You can, there's tools that you can check your site rankings. And I think for the keyword, how to divorce a narcissist, I was number one. I was really, I was number one. And I don't think it had much to do with my website, more about the articles that I wrote and all the content that I wrote. As I started to write and get a lot of feedback, what happened was, is I started to grow a following. I started to grow a list. And then that is when I would start to get emails from people of, can you help me? And this is where I started to get into coaching and I got to tell you I had no interest or desire to go into coaching at all because all I really just wanted to do was be a journalist and and a storyteller and and a content provider on what I thought was my truth. And as I started to get into coaching, I remember taking a phone call here and a phone call there and offered a a free 30 minute call and just to see how I liked it and how and how much I was helping people. I think I just had a knack for it. I think it's probably all the consulting that I've done over the years of knowing what people need. So that's how I started to coach. Now, how do you take money from people? Well, in the beginning, you can do it via PayPal, but... Over time, I departed from MailChimp, and I started with another CRM tool called Entreport. And Entreport is a very robust back-end CRM tool where you can really start to create different funnels, and I can't even explain it to you. It's so complicated. I actually had to get an Entreport specialist to help me, who is now my web designer. And again, I can refer you to her should you be interested in that. But the Entreport is not cheap. Just to let you know, I spend, I think, around two ninety nine dollars a month on that. And, and I think this is where, as we start to build a business, no one realizes, especially for doing what we do, the amount of overhead that it takes to keep these kind of little systems running. You know, you've got your website, you have your hosting fees, now you have Entreport, Then I got into coaching certification and the cost for that, and then the continuing education, the designer, if you have a social media person that's gonna help you, a copywriter, an SEO person, it really starts to add up. And I think this is what really, for any business really, is those initial startup costs can be really overwhelming. I'm going to tell you, I believe that the first year that I got into really making money, I think I spent about $30,000 to do everything that I just told you to do. Could that have been less? Yes. But when you start a business, you make a lot of mistakes. I hired a lot of bad people. I hired people that you know where I invested money into them, and then they were screwing up so bad that it was just best to fire them and start over with someone else to clean up the mess. And I think that <laughs> that those first couple years was just heartbreaking in many ways because I was thinking like, here I am trying to just do a good thing in this world, and people are screwing me over. That's what really I want to kind of talk to you about mindset. If you are really wanting to push content out. It's a vulnerable place because the moment you write content, I got to tell you, not everyone's going to love you. Not everyone's going to agree with you. And there are a lot of haters out there. So especially if you have a social media page, people are going to be nasty. So mindset and having grit and determination and self-love to know that what you are doing is the right thing to do and you are not ethically hurting anyone. Keep going. Just keep doing it. The other thing I wanted to say, too, is that Facebook groups and starting a Facebook group is a really good way to attract people into your funnel. Now, I had a Facebook group, and I did one a couple, probably a year or two into it. And personally, I hated it. And I had very quickly, I don't know, thousands, I think I probably had about 10,000 people in my Facebook group it was just getting so out of hand and nasty and a lot of people coming into this Facebook group wanting to complain and not wanting to solve their problems. To me, it became a very unhealthy environment. I think for not for me so much, it's for everyone else who was really there to have a place of nurturing. So if you're going to have a Facebook group you have to manage it and I think for me is I was getting more and more clients and I didn't have time to manage it again you can always hire someone to do these things for you you can also have what's called a virtual assistant just google how to find a virtual assistant and there are lots and lots of places for people who can help you do and set up all these little things I have a social media manager myself I do not have time to Instagram every single day. And in order to do Instagram successfully, you've got to keep posting and engaging with your uh, readers. I work very closely with her on the content and we talk about what the content is gonna be. But ultimately, I do have someone, again, behind the scenes, not many people know that, who is managing my social media on my behalf. The other thing I wanna say to you too, in terms of coaching, And if you're going to really go and down the coaching path, especially for this subject matter, such as divorce and narcissism, one of the things that no one told me is as much as we are wanting to help people going through divorce, this is a point in these people's lives that are financially debilitating. For many of you, you know what I'm talking about. Your audience or your target audience is already spending tens of thousands of dollars on an attorney. They're going to look for you to help them, but they can't always afford you. So not only are they going to have someone like a lawyer that they're paying for, but to have a coach can cost them more money. And a lot of them don't want to do that. Or it's not that they don't want to do it, it's that they can't. Your pricing and your pricing model is a very, very tricky thing. And that's something that I really recommend you having someone coach you on, on how to get that started. Now, for me, my pricing has changed significantly than when I first started. Uh, my, my prices continue to change. Uh, they ebb and flow just based on uh, demand, truthfully, and what I'm able to take on. Now, the lower the price that I have found, the lower the fee, you don't get always the right clients for you, because they aren't taking your work seriously, and they're not going to do the work. So I have found that when um, my my pricing was lower, that people weren't finding value in it. And when they don't find value, they're not going to do the work. And if they're not going to do the work, then what is the point of being in business, truthfully? And for me coaching was never about money. It was about seeing progress within my clients. The more you charge, the more you see value in your work is beneficial to you. But it's also really hard because you're going to go through this mindset of feeling guilty for charging people because they're already financially strapped. So that's something that I had to hire a coach for just on that. (laughs) Just for me to figure out how to talk to people about my pricing and feel really good about it and know that I was not ripping them off because that's not what the intent was, that I knew that the work that I was doing was really going to help people. And it's hard to do that when you first get started, because you don't know if your work is that valuable. So it's okay to charge a little bit less in the beginning. I also recommend that if you are gonna be charging is to bundle your services. You might have an e-course or a free book or have a a group coaching. You can do webinars and things like that where you're offering value to them at no additional charge. But to have a pricing model of kind of one-off sessions, I don't do that unless I've already worked with you for a long time. So I have a requirement or a commitment Uh, That you have to work with me on X number of sessions in order for us to have those one off sessions. And that is what gets them to commit to themselves, also to you. The last thing I want to talk about is networking. So, how do you get clients or how do you get readerships? We talked about writing blogs, providing content. There's podcasting, which is what I've been doing for a while. It's one of my favorite mediums because. I like to talk and it's easy for me to talk and I have a microphone set up to my desk and it's pretty easy to do. I do have a producer that puts all my podcasts together. Those are easy to find as well. Once you have all of those little things and and choose one model, if it's blogging, do that. If it's podcasting, do that. If it's the Facebook, do that. You don't have to do it all and just have it evolve and grow. But the networking side is you can find other coaches who are in your field, like me, and bring me on your podcast. Or you can be on my podcast. You could suggest to other people, hey, I'd love to be on your podcast. Could I be a guest on your episode? Now, don't be afraid of that, because I got to tell you, as podcasters, we need guests. We need content. We're always looking for guests. When I launched my book, I scoured iTunes and found all the different coaches and content around divorce and breaking up and I found some pretty popular podcasts and I pitched them and I said hey I've got this book I think it'd be really valuable to your audience. I never got one no. Not one. Everyone's like yeah I would love to have you on that sounds great. When you're a guest on someone's podcast and if you're a talker and and you're really excited about your content people will come visit you. The awesome thing also about podcasts in terms of being a guest on someone else's show is that these podcasts are what we call evergreen. They are online forever. So I have gotten emails from people from podcasts that I've been on five, six years ago. You can also scour other people's YouTube channels. A lot of people like to do YouTube. Now, I have a YouTube channel. I really suck at maintaining it. I do not like to be on camera specifically because I have a huge microphone in my face as I'm podcasting. So I am just not a a video kind of gal. And I do put my podcasts on YouTube. But if you are a video person, and a lot of people are and feel very, very comfortable just literally like having their phone and being just having a quick video People love video. So if that's something that you want to do, that's awesome. So go find other YouTubers out there and ask if you can be on their show. And that is really slowly how you can build this business. Hopefully over time, you're not only going to love it, you're going to feel incredibly valued and you will value yourself. I I think this work has been for me so freaking meaningful. I wake up every day just feeling really, really blessed and grateful for all of my followers and listeners. And I just wanted to let you guys know it didn't happen overnight. It really takes time. And I think someone once told me, and this is not new information, but it takes five years to really get your business going. And you know what? That's kind of (laughs) true. I think I'm seven years into seven or eight years. It's kind of hard to tell because I started part time, but. I'd say seven or eight years I've been doing this and really it was after that fifth year that it just started flowing and I didn't have to really work that hard to get leads or new content for me to push out to people. It just kind of showed up. Hopefully that will happen to you. And lastly, I want to just say, you know, through your networking, don't be intimidated by what other people are doing. I think that's kind of a newbie's mistake. They're a first person's mistake of... Okay, well, if I reach out to someone like Lindsay, oh my gosh, her website's so much better than mine, or she's been doing this for so much longer. Don't worry about that. Just because I've been doing this a long time doesn't mean that you have something else to say about a topic that I'm already talking about. The other thing too is, is that if you've been through a journey, then you have something to teach someone, period. Period. And I always use this expression, if someone else has climbed Mount Everest, and you want to learn how to climb Mount Everest, are you going to hire someone to teach you to climb Mount Everest who has done it? Or are you going to hire someone to teach you who has never done it? Of course, you're going to hire someone who has done Mount Everest. You've done it. You've done your own version of Mount Everest, whether that's dealing with lawyers, or dealing with narcissists, or navigating how to lose a lot of weight after divorce, whatever your thing is, it's your thing. And it's original to you. All right, well, that is my summary of my behind the scenes. I'd love to hear from you. Definitely just get on my website, send me a note. And if you are looking to get coached on this, shoot me a note as well. I'm happy to coach you through some of these things. I am always happy to have more and more people out there talking about what is so desperately needed in this world is discussing and connecting with people about their own heartbreak. Well, until next time, thanks so much for listening and have a fantastic week. Thanks for listening to this episode of Unbreakable You. Be sure to visit my website at lindsayellison.com and shoot me a note. I love to hear from my listeners. You can also find my book, Magic Words, How to Get What You Want from a Narcissist on Amazon or Audible and check out my digital worksheet to accompany the book that you can find on my website. All of my podcasts are also on YouTube where you can watch me in action. Make sure to subscribe to my channel so you don't miss an episode. Until next time, keep being your badass self and live your best life.